Thank you for joining us for Three Bs on the Law podcast, hosted by Trisha Barita, Camille Canali, and Susan Dawson. Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Three Bs on the Law. As the year wraps up, we thought it might be a good time to go over some of what we feel are some good employment policies to go over moving forward. So, Susan, I know you are going to get us started with some holiday pay and time off issues. Right. So, lots of holidays going on. It's December, big holiday month. Uh, various uh, state uh, holidays, say recognized. I should say holidays. Also, various religious holidays. So two things to really consider. What about time and a half? Do you have a time and a half policy for your employees who work on any of these recognized holidays? That's number one to think about. Number two, what does your policy say regarding uh, if someone has to work the day before or the day after a holiday in order to get holiday get paid on that holiday? If you have one of those policies that says, yes, we will pay you for the holiday as long as you work the day after, even if you didn't work. Let's say, for example, you, you don't work Christmas, but you have to work the 26th or you don't get paid for Christmas. Um, but keep in mind, too, we're in a pandemic. So you need to keep that and take that in consideration. What about employees that are out quarantining? Are you going to consider that to be not working the day after a holiday? Or are you going to go ahead and pay employees that are out quarantining as long as that's what they're doing? They're just out on quarantine. They're not um, out for other reasons or out on vacation. It's important to understand what you're going to do before those holidays come come about. So tip number two, Trisha, where are you taking us? Well, you know, I, you know, I think one of one of my favorite things that I encourage employers to revisit before the end of the year is the issue of classification on exempt or non-exempt workers. You know, it's um, employers, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I see them make with this, they get all excited about the fact that they're going to put an employee on salary or they have salaried employees and they're good to go. You know, that's an exempt worker, but you know, it's more than that. They need to meet the definition in order for them to be considered an exempt worker. And, you know, there's specific uh, definitions, of course, the professional definition or the administrative definition. Um, having an understanding of whether or not your employees are actually meeting those definitions is key in a Department of Labor investigation. And, and a really good time to look at all of that really, right, is at the end of the year before you start a new year and determine whether or not this individual should really be an hourly employee or be an exempt, um, you know, salaried individual. So the salary alone is not going to get you there. And that that can be probably one of the most misunderstood things I see when an employer gets hammered by the Department of Labor. So I would revisit those issues. If this all sounds confusing to you and you have exempt employees, really revisit this issue and try to figure out and make sure those people are properly exempt. Because um, I'll tell you right now, hands down, I'll just, I'm going to go ahead and say it, ladies, usually the, the receptionist, whether or not um, or the person handling reception in a, in a office space doesn't meet the exempt salary definition. Okay. Even if you're paying them salary, um, cause you have to have some sort of level of, um, usually participation of, of significance in the business and making decisions or managing individuals 
or, you know, at some professional learn level. So just to kind of put that out there as one idea of, hey, not everyone that is named salary gets to be exempt. And if you screw this up and you get investigated by the Department of Labor, you can, you know, pay penalties because you missed paying overtime to those people. So um, that's a good tip. I think that's a, that's a big one that you definitely want to uh, visit. So Camille, next. Well, and also in California, the test is even stricter. So those tests vary state to state um, also. So I think that's something to keep in mind, especially for businesses that have employees in multiple states. Just to interject, just interject we have a whole podcast about talking about how this might change in the new year. We just do. Um, well, my, and my my actually tip or update is actually very simple, which is know what new laws are coming to, into effect, which may affect you and your business. Really important, um, you know, to make sure you check with your state. We all know we're waiting for a new FFCRA. We've talked about it constantly. Um, that will affect, you know, everyone in the country. But every state often has new laws that come into effect that may affect your business moving forward. So make sure you're aware of those. And, and I'm just going to interject there that uh, Texas does not usually have all that going on. So <laughs> we're not all as uh, happy to lucky. Uh, let's make new laws every year um, uh, regulating things. But uh, good to know, of course, you know, um, California is all on top of that and um, paving the way and Illinois um, to let us know. Well, what no what is to come in, in our uh, our future? But don't worry, uh, you know, uh, seeing with the new administration, there will be new laws, uh, definitely probably uh, coming to us one way or another at the federal level. So uh, Texas can kind of keep an eye on that. But the state level, we're, we're just not as not as excited about regulation. Uh, let's just put it that way. But sorry, Kamal had to. All right, so uh, the. Um, the the next one really, I mean, the tip that we would kind of go to next, I think with, that we've all discussed is, of course, um, you know, looking at the handbook, right? Why not go back and see what's in that, you know, dust it off, uh, break it out. What exactly have you been doing? I've seen a lot of changes and requests from employers that want to revisit, <laughs> as you can imagine, uh, the vacation and sick policies, because it's been a wackadoodle year for um uh, time off for employees, whether that was you having to furlough them or lay them off um, temporarily, you know, um, or you having to give them paid sick time under the FFCRA. You're now seeing, you know, all this time. How do you want it to work? I, I'm, a lot of employees didn't take vacation. So we've got a lot of buildup. Are we going to have carryover? Uh, a lot of people wanting to stop the, the carryover. How do you do that? Can you cut it off and go cold turkey and go, Sorry, you had 240 hours of, you know, vacation time you didn't use this year. Uh, you're not carrying that into 2021. Do you want to do a hybrid and kind of maybe give them, you know, some carryover, but limit it? Um, you know, it's just some things that you may want to be looking at. And the time to do that wouldn't be now. Let's let's go ahead and not tell the employees uh, the bad news here, you know, um, on January 1 that that it didn't carry over. This This is a really good time for you to be looking at that. Right. And I also think it's a good time as you're reviewing your policies to make sure you are enforcing the policies that you have consistently. It's, it really is very important uh, to make sure you're doing that and that you understand your policies. So it, it's a twofold issue, one, updating and two, making sure you're actually following the policies that you do have. That's always a good issue, Camille. Yeah, yeah. How, how often do people not know <laughs> the policy well, in their you know, own handbook? So yeah. Talk to an office manager and ask, you know, I always say, when's the last time you read your employee handbook? 
Right. Right. But we do have, we do have one last tip and it's Camille's favorite. So we got to throw it to you, Camille. (laughs) So if you haven't already set up a system that allows you to easily document an employee's file when issues arise, one of the biggest mistakes um, employers often make is they terminate an employee without a documented file. And we often, I know all three of us have said, we often hear, but they did, you know, A, B, C, and D. And I'm like, where is it in the employee file? And none of it is documented. And that documentation um, is really important. So now is a time to set up a system that you think you can actually utilize uh, to document employees file when they don't follow your policies or don't follow instructions. Super important. And with that, Susan, I'm gonna let you wrap. Right. So there you have it. Top five tips for things you can do this as they, as we're wrapping up the year to wrap up 2020 and get ready for 2021. Thanks for joining us, everyone. See you next time. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast of three B's on the law. Don't forget to like, and subscribe to our podcast. We also welcome any comments. If you'd like to get in touch with us or suggest a future topic, you can email us at 3-T-H-R-E-E-B's on the law at gmail.com. And because we're lawyers, we need to remind you that this podcast is not meant to provide you with legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.